Earlier this year, during Melbourne Fashion Festival, I attended the opening of Thread Count, a multimedia installation of fine woven bags and baskets from Arnhem Land and the Daly River region of the Northern Territory. The opening event, held at agency projects in the Collingwood Yards on a stiflingly hot morning in early March, was a celebration of the work on display. The intricate weaving, which is primarily done by women, is a form of storytelling, reminding us of the resilience of culture. The fact that the exhibition was shown during the Melbourne Fashion Festival also tells us a lot about the way understandings of Aboriginal fashion and craftsmanship is changing. Welcome to the Critical Fashion Studies Podcast. I'm your host, Harriet Richards. Today, I have the honour to be joined by Nina Fitzgerald, the curator of this beautiful exhibition. Nina is a fashion stylist, photographer, creative director, and fierce advocate of Aboriginal fashion. We are very lucky to have Nina beaming in from her home in Darwin. So I want to start by asking you if you could introduce yourself for us and tell us a little bit about your background and work in the fashion industry. Hey Harriet, thanks so much for having me. I'm Nina Fitzgerald. I'm a creative director, among other things, in the kind of fields of fashion and the arts. And I was born and raised in Darwin, where I'm currently living after sort of eight years living in Melbourne. I grew up here, my mum's family's from up here, from south of Darwin in the Mary River, Kakadu region. And through my grandfather's side from Moa Island in the Torres Strait and also the Wootati people in Cape York Peninsula in far north Queensland. So I'm really passionate about celebrating First Nations Australia and the creative ingenuity that's coming out of First Nations Australia to drive meaningful agency and bridge the gaps of inequality between Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australia. I guess for me, I really think that knowledge is power and I think if more Australians and people around the world understood the stories and all the beauty that comes from First Nations Australia, I think, you know, it's really key to creating a more harmonious world. So that's sort of a passion and a driving force that kind of threads together a lot of my work. I actually studied a science degree when I first moved to Melbourne, majoring in geography, climate science. I started doing some work in research uh, at Melbourne Uni after that. And, you know, the arts has always been a big part in my life. I grew up spending a lot of time in remote communities um, in art centres. You know, my parents' friends, like a lot of them work in the arts. So it was a world that I was always sort of surrounded by. My research experience led me to a job at the Darwin Aboriginal Art Fair Foundation, which I loved. I really loved working there. I learned so much. Really got my teeth more into that art centre world. And through that, I started working in the Indigenous fashion projects. And I was sort of integral to building that space up, actually, you know, a role that I'm really proud of. And that's about the, you know, organised capacity building for First Nations Australians entering in the fashion industry, you know, across sort of all scopes of the industry. So, yeah, that's how I sort of got into fashion. I think fashion is something that I've always been interested in. Textiles from art centres has been something I've always loved. Such a cool and powerful medium. And I've always been an avid follower of fashion and really interested in the space, you know, reading Vogue magazines and, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, thank you so much. I think that ties in quite beautifully with your Thread Count exhibition that you showed at agency projects during Melbourne Fashion Festival. And that's kind of, you know, bringing 
textiles to Melbourne from remote communities. So I wondered if you could just tell us a little bit more about that particular exhibition and why you wanted to show these beautiful bags and this weaving at a fashion event. So thread count was an idea that's kind of been brewing in my mind the past few years and I'm just, you know, not sure how to bring it to life. The practice of weaving is another thing that I've always been interested in since I was really young. It's a predominantly women-led practice. These beautiful, powerful, strong women who are artisans. The entire process is handmade from country on country. It's incredibly skilled and, you know, the resulting bags and baskets and mats. It's an incredible display of craftsmanship. And I guess my idea around it is that bags and baskets in particular, they're made with a utility. Traditionally, they're used for hunting and gathering, you know, collecting things on country and used as a bag. But in Australia, they're seen as an art form, which I think they are. Like, they're definitely an art piece, like, no doubt about it. But I think you know, since I was young, I've always had one. I have many and I use them as bags. I use them as baskets. I take them to the markets to buy produce or I use them as a handbag like any other bag that I have. And I think people are always sort of like, oh, where's it from? And it's like, they're in Australia. Like we make these bags. They're in remote communities. They're from art centres. I think people are really excited to buy billums from Papua New Guinea or, you know, handwoven bags from Africa or South America. And I was sort of like, we have these bags in Australia. Like, how do we make these at the forefront of people's mind as bags, as an item of fashion? And so that's where the idea was born from. So I think showing it at Melbourne Fashion Festival was about bridging this divide between art and fashion. You know, as you saw, Harriet, it was an installation. The bags were hung up really beautifully, but it was at Melbourne Fashion Festival. So, you know, obviously tying into that world. And, yeah, I was just trying to showcase that. These do have a utility beyond being these beautiful works of art. They're highly functional. And I think as well what's so important about them is they're so sustainable. Sustainable fashion is at the forefront of everyone's mind. And here's case in point, some of the most sustainable stuff you can get your hands on. I think that's really powerful. And as you said, it was such a beautiful display how they were hung on the wall. But having them in the context of a fashion festival, I think, really does, as you say, bridge that gap between the art and the kind of functionality of these objects, which are so beautiful. But to me, it was also a really effective show because I was kind of seeing the way that these incredible pieces were being made on country in Australia and kind of, yeah, as you say, undervalued or under even recognised without thinking, oh, we have these objects being made here that we can use as as fashion items, which I think is really exciting too. And I think it sort of ties in to this sort of turning of the tide that we're seeing in Australia or have seen in Australia in the past couple of years. So back in 2020, the first ever exhibition to showcase the work of First Nations designers and artists working in fashion and textiles, the Pinpi Show Contemporary Indigenous Fashion, was curated by Shanae Hobson and exhibited at Bendigo Art Gallery. Then in 2021 at Australian Fashion Week, the event included a welcome to country ceremony and an all-Indigenous fashion show for the first time since the event began in 1996, a long time ago. And then most recently, the May 2022 cover of Vogue Australia featured four incredible Indigenous women, and that was only the fourth time in the magazine's history that Aboriginal women have graced the cover. So in many ways, I think 
these changes, especially to me, feel incredibly overdue. And yet the speed with which the industry is changing and catching up with an Indigenous fashion culture that, to quote the amazing founder of the Australian Indigenous fashion platform, Yatu Widders Hunt, who I spoke to a couple of years ago, has been over 60,000 years in the making. And I think that's something truly to be celebrated. So what do you think has really encouraged this recent embrace of Indigenous fashion in this country? I totally agree with you. I think it's an about time moment. I mean, why hasn't this stuff been embraced earlier? But anyway, here we are. And it's really exciting and it's really beautiful and there's incredible stuff happening. I think there's no denying that a big push came from the Black Lives Matter movement. And as that kind of ricocheted around the world, Australians were forced to look at our own issues and, you know, lack of understanding and empathy and, you know, celebration of their own First Nations people. And while I think you can look at that and be like, that's disappointing that it took that long and that movement to show that, I think that's what it's taken and that's what we have to embrace. And that's a good thing, you know. It's exciting that we have had that lens now forced upon Indigenous Australia from non-Indigenous Australians. And I think that's a great thing. It's come from a very negative place. It was horrible and it shouldn't have come from that. But it's now as much about Black people around the world saying, you know, we're here and we're really proud of what we do and who we are and there's an abundance of joy in our lives and our worlds. Celebrate us. Join us. We've got to reverse this sort of negative history and these negative connotations that have existed for so long around the world. So, you know, I think it was all born from that, but it's turned into this positive where I like to think people are realising what they've missed out on. There's such a richness in embracing First Nations Australia. There's such a richness of storytelling. There is such an abundance of joy and creative ingenuity, which I think it's only going to strengthen the Australian fashion industry and arts as a whole, you know. And everyone's lives, like, you know, we have the oldest living cultures on earth here. That is something so exciting and something to be so proud of. The people that I work with especially, like, I think people are really starting to dive into the space. I think for a long time it's kind of been like, oh, no, how do I broach this? How do we do this? Almost like how do we bridge this gap? But with this uproar from Black Lives Matter and people saying, we're here, it's not that hard, just walk alongside us, join us, be a part of what we're doing, we can all collaborate. I think people are realising that, A, there's so much more they can do, but B, like, it's achievable. Another thing that's encouraged this embrace is, you know, this global focus on sustainable fashion. I think turning to cultures and peoples that embrace their relationship with the land and have this incredible connection with the land, if done in traditional ways, is sustainable, I guess. You know, thread count making baskets incredibly sustainable, using dyes that come from the bush to dye fabric. There's a sustainable element in that. So I think that's another thing that's encouraged people embracing Indigenous fashion. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's quite an interesting bringing together of these sort of political movements with Black Lives Matter movement and then also this rise in acknowledgement of sustainability and questions of ethics in the fashion industry and those two things coming together I think you're completely right that that's had a huge impact on the way that we consider fashion in different contexts around the world which is exciting. Mm. One thing that I do think it's important to add here though um, is I think there's this misconception that if an Indigenous person makes fashion it's inherently sustainable 
And I have a real issue with that. Like I think there's sustainable practices we can draw from in traditional Indigenous art forms and ways of living, but I don't think just being Indigenous in this contemporary world makes you sustainable. You can be an Indigenous person and still not be sourcing your fabric sustainably or your dyes sustainably. And I recognise that being sustainable is a really big challenge, hence the push in the industry. But I just think it's really important that people are careful not to be like, oh, it's inherently sustainable being Indigenous. I just think that's not true. Yeah, I, I agree too. That's a good point to make. You know, now that we've got to a point in the conversation about sustainable and ethical fashion, there's a lot more nuance going on there as well, which is really good. So there's some interesting work coming out about cultural sustainability as well. And so maintaining kind of cultural links to traditional practices and things as a part of the sustainability of fashion design. Um, but that's not necessarily the same thing as making clothing sustainable. Yeah, and I think cultural sustainability needs to be valued because it's so, so important and, yeah, it should become a lens within sustainability. Yeah, but if you're talking about environmental sustainability, it's not inherent in being an Indigenous person, if, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> so I think prior to this mainstream embrace, there have been events celebrating Indigenous designers elsewhere around the country. And of course, one of those is the Country to Couture show started at the Darwin Aboriginal Art Fair back in 2017, which has become the sort of premier celebration of Indigenous creativity and culture. And then, as you said, in 2020, you took on the role as creative director of the inaugural National Indigenous Fashion Awards, which is now in its third year. So could you tell us about the National Indigenous Fashion Awards and why you think it was so important to establish this prize, what role it plays in the industry? The National Indigenous Fashion Award, or the NIFA, as they've come to be known, they were established to support especially remote artists working in textile design and then collaborating with designers or seamstresses to make clothing lines. And, you know, it's a really hard space. Like the fashion industry is this huge beast. It's a real challenge to enter, to succeed in. And so the NIFAS was born to sustainably support this growing interest in textiles. And then from that, the increasing uptake of Indigenous designers and seamstresses, you know, as we spoke about earlier, embracing First Nations creative ingenuity and stories within the Australian fashion landscape is only going to enrich in what already exists. So that's, I think, really important to ensure that those stories are kept within there and brought into the fold. So, you know, a prize like this is enabling people from different walks of life who haven't typically got a seat at the table in fashion, they're allowed a seat at that table now and they're celebrated by the industry. I think that's great. And I think, you know, one of the other recent initiatives that you've also been a part of is the Mob and Fashion Initiative, which was established and now is directed by the model and amazing director, Nathan Maguire. And the Mob and Fashion Initiative has been developed to encourage and elevate First Nations voices and representations, not just, you know, on the catwalk, but also behind the scenes in the fashion industry, which, as you say, you know, creating that space at the table 
for other creatives who work within the industry but aren't necessarily, you know, models or designers. And as someone who's done incredible work both behind and in front of the camera, I just wanted to hear a little bit more about why you think this initiative and the work that Nathan's doing in this space is so significant. Oh, I cannot commend Nathan more for this. He's a really good friend of mine, but I think what he's done here is remarkable. And just the way he does it so authentically, he's just such a beautiful human. I couldn't speak more highly of Nathan. But it's so important because there is so much creativity within fashion. There's photography, makeup artistry, designing, you know, set design, styling. Like the creative landscape of fashion is huge. And there's so there's so many different roles that people can take within the fashion industry. And to date, the large focus has been on the sort of output in terms of design and the fashion itself. And I think if we want to have real change and, you know, real agency and authentic engagement and knowledge from Indigenous Australia within the fashion industry, that needs to be right through all the roles, behind the scenes, in front of the camera, at every step of the way. And so what Nathan's done is created this very strong platform in which to do that. And the way he's doing that, I think, is really important in that people apply for this program and they're already skilled. It's First Nations people who might already work as a photographer or they've done a little bit of work as a makeup artist because Nathan recognises that to jump into Melbourne Fashion Festival, an event of that calibre, you do have to have some level of skill. It's so important not to put people up on a pedestal on a level they're not ready for, then they'll just fall down. I think that's a big issue with a lot of initiatives to support Indigenous Australia. It's that fine line where it's like give people the skills and build them up, but put them into sort of work that they're ready for. So Nathan is importantly doing that. And I think if people aren't quite ready, you know, He's going to encourage them and show them other things they can start with or ways that they could be a part of that the following year. But it's a very sustainable approach to giving people the skills and insight and know-how in the industry. Yeah, fantastic. I think that's great. It's really exciting to see what he's doing and just to hear how he talks about where the initiative came from as well. And it's for him such an emotional journey that he's been on. So I think it's amazing the change that he's bringing to the industry. It's exciting. Yeah, I agree with you, definitely. And I think what's so good is like if he's starting to see people that are taking his photo or working as creative directors that are other Indigenous people, that's so encouraging. It's so supportive. You know, it's having your own community as part of the world you're working in. Again, back to my point, it's just going to strengthen it all as a whole. People are going to be more comfortable in the space. We're going to grow sustainably. Everyone wins. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) So I think just recently we saw Australian Fashion Week in Sydney and the event included a welcome to country ceremony for the second year in a row and has seen even more Indigenous representation on the catwalk and at other events and talks in the program. So you know, how do you feel about this? And what more might you want to see? This is kind of the second year we've seen this, as I said, this huge turning of the tide. But what what more do you want to see in the industry? And how do you want to see the industry improve as we head forward? How do I feel about that? I think it's awesome. I think what has been happening at Australian Fashion Week the past couple of years is brilliant. I mean, I was there last year doing work I mean, that's an incredible platform to showcase First Nations creativity and it really is people, you know, in all different parts of the space. Nathan had some people from Melbourne Fashion there 
First Nations fashion design girls engage people right across the fashion landscape, Indigenous fashion projects also. I think, you know, we're starting to see more people in the space at these great high levels. So I think that's amazing. But what I think what the industry needs to do is what I said before, how Nate made this program that's putting people in at the levels that they're ready for and building them up, you know, sustainably and building that capacity thoughtfully and carefully. I think that's what the industry needs to do. I mean, yes, while the push after Black Lives Matter has been like largely positive, I still think if you're just going to jump on that train and push people onto a pedestal because you're doing catch up and it's also rushed, like it's just not going to achieve anything, you know, it's not going to long term have the purpose that we're wanting to see or have the impact that they're even trying to make, I guess, is the point I'm trying to make. Like, it doesn't matter if some of the motives are good being like, okay, this is great. I'm going to get these stories and I'm going to collaborate with Indigenous artists and creatives, you know, I think people have to really think about the impact of that. Like, is that positive longer term? Is that actually engaging someone in the right way as opposed to just, you know, being tokenistic and looking good on paper, you know? What I was thinking as you were saying that is, you know, if there isn't that investment in the sustainable building of skills and, you know, capacity, then it is just tokenistic. Whereas if there's that kind of mentoring and that support that goes along with it, that's how we can see the change kind of being built into the industry and something that's going to have long-term impact, not just, you know, something that's trend-based or, oh, this is just what we have to do at the moment because of the political, you know, environment in which we live. It's actually something that is sustaining long-term you know, systemic change. Yeah, exactly. You know, fashion impacts everyone. Everyone wears clothes every day. It's a huge beast. It speaks to the masses. So I think there's sort of a responsibility almost of fashion to be this vehicle for change in that way and the ability to tell stories. I think it's exciting, but I think it's a role that Australian fashion industry should take on wholeheartedly. Yeah, it's exciting, but Big responsibility too. Um, so I think, Nina, as we come to the end of this great conversation, um, we are riding this wave of momentum, which, as we say, is exciting. It's wonderful. So I just wanted to know what you think is kind of the future of First Nations fashion. Where do you think we're heading? I really think while there's so much happening, we're still at, you know, there's still lots that needs to be done in terms of building up capacity sustainably, making sure it's authentic and long-term and has the impact people are meaning to have. I think there's still a long way to go. But if, you know, that can all keep happening, I think what we're going to see is Indigenous fashion and Indigenous creatives within the fashion industry a part of the industry, you know, inherently. It would be like Australian fashion and Indigenous fashion is part of that world. It doesn't need its own platform. It doesn't need this separation. But I think it will just be inherently part of the landscape of Australian fashion, not because it's First Nations, because it deserves to be there and it's powerful and it's exciting. Thank you so much, Nina. It's been incredible to hear your insights on Indigenous fashion in Australia. The future looks so bright and I'm very excited to see what's next for you and the brilliant artists, designers and craftspeople you work with. Thank you also to our listeners for tuning in today. If you're interested in following Nina's work, we'll link to her social media in our show notes. 
We really hope you're enjoying the Critical Fashion Studies podcast series. And our next episode, I will reunite with Natalia to chat with Amanda Bresnan, the newly appointed National Manager of Ethical Clothing Australia, to talk about her work at the organisation and her ambitions for the future of ethical manufacturing in this country. We would love for you to join us. Do subscribe to the series in your podcast app to never miss an episode. See you next time.